0: And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament passage of Esther, the Old Testament passage of Esther and chapter number six, we've been going through this book of Esther and examining this real life historical event. And many of you have said that you've enjoyed it, that it's opened up. Someone even said that they've been on the edge of their seat waiting to see what's going to happen. And that's good. You know. The Bible is not a boring book. And it's an exciting book. It's a history book. But it's an amazing book that shows us God. If I could catch you up on where we are. Then in Esther chapter 1. The king and his wife at that time Vashti. Had a little bit of falling out. That Vashti had some disobedience. And because of that there was some consequences. And she was removed from being the queen. In chapter 2 we see the introduction of two people. Mordecai. And Esther. And Esther was chosen out of all the other ladies in the realm to become the queen. And she became the queen of the Persian Empire married to the king. In chapter number 3 we're introduced to the next person by the name of Haman, and Haman is the villain inside of this story, and he is clearly not a shade of gray, he is clearly a villain. And in this, that Haman had a problem called pride. He thought he was the greatest, and he believed that everyone should share in that opinion. So much that they even passed a law that, that Haman, any time he walked by someone, people were to fall down and worship him because of how great he was. well, because Mordecai believed in the God of heaven and he believed that there was only true, one true and living God, and that that God was the only one to be served after all, the first commandment of the Ten Commandment says, "Thou shall have no other gods before me." Mordecai took that literally and said, "I am not going to worship some man." There's only one true and living God. And because Mordecai refused to bow down to a man and worship a man. Haman took it personally. He said, why doesn't he see my greatness? How come he doesn't see how great I am? He should bow down. And because of that, he got agitated and aggravated. His pride has been hurt. And so he thought that he would go ahead and destroy this Jew Who bowed, who refused to bow down. But when he found out that there was other Jewish people that had their own customs, he said the best revenge that I could do is to get rid of them all. And so what they did is they set up a lot and they picked in a uh, random day and it became the official kill the Jude that on this day, all throughout the Persian Empire, which had spread from Europe to Russia, down to Egypt, all the way to India, this was a huge empire, that on this official, kill the Jew day, that what was to happen is that every Jew within the Persian Empire was to be killed. And to make sure that this was accomplished, there was another clause within the law that said that if you kill a Jew on official kill the Jew day, That any stuff that they have, you can go ahead and take. That if they have a nice car, you kill them, you get their car. If they have a nice house, if you kill them, you get their house. If they got silverware or jewelry or whatever, all you have to do is on that official holiday, kill the Jew day, you can take whatever is theirs. Again, he did this to make sure that every Jew was to be killed. And during this time, people are looking over at their neighbor's lawns and looking at their houses and trying to do inventory and say, yeah, I wonder what they have. And it's making it a rough time for the Jewish people. And so the next chapter we see that Mordecai, hearing this law passed, has rent his clothes and has been in sackcloth and ashes and he has been weeping and wailing so much that Queen Esther who has now been queen for about five years now her hears about it and she tries to Put, bring some clothes out to Mordecai and Mordecai won't have it. And he talks with her and says, listen here, you're the queen. Surely you can do something about this. Surely you can do something to go to the, queen, uh, uh, the king and talk to him. Do something. And she explained that she hadn't seen the king in 30 days and that there was a law that said anyone, it doesn't matter who you are, if you approach the king inside of the courtroom... Uh, The court and you were not summoned you were to be put to death unless he showed you grace and favor and helped out the golden scepter and allowed you to live and she goes "I, I don't have any reason to see him Mordecai convinced her and said you're here for such a time as this do something and so she begged that every person they could find would fast and pray for three days. And so the last chapter we see is that Esther goes and she approaches the king and the king grants her and says, what can I do? You just ask for anything, even to half the kingdom. I'll give you anything. I love you so much. I'm glad to see you. And she says, well, I'll be glad to tell you my request. But if you don't mind, I'd like you and Haman to come to a special banquet that I have prepared. So the king snapped his fingers. Haman. Haman comes up and says, the queen's got a special meal just for me and you. I want you to show up. Let's go now. And Haman went and it was just him, the queen and the king. Now, Haman thought this was great. He says, see how important I am. I'm having private meals with just the king and the queen. No one else is there. Just me, the king and the queen. How great am I? And I explained that last week. It's almost like a cartoon, a cartoon version. Where you have Haman who's just walking down the road. And the birds are singing. The sun is shining. He's whistling. You can almost see the cartoon notes coming out. He's just having just a great time. And then out of the corner of his eye. He sees Mordecai the Jew. And just a moment, just like that. Just looking at him. The Bible says he was full of indignation. He had so much bitterness and so much hatred that it ruined his day. So much that he went home and got his wife and got his friends. And he said, this is all the great things that's happened to me. Look how rich I am. Look at my kids. Look at my position. But it's all for nothing as long as that Jew Mordecai still lives. You know, here he's having a great day. He's been asked by the king and queen to eat dinner. He's powerful. He's rich. But just the sight of that one person he's so bitter and angry with is enough just to ruin his good day. By the way, Mordecai didn't do anything to him. He just was breathing. And it was enough to ruin that. So his family, his wife and his friends came up with a plan and said, what you need to do Is you need to build a gallows, a hanging tree out in the middle of the square and you go hang that enemy of yours. Just get it over with. What you need to do is you build those gallows and then you go talk to the king. Just go hang him before official kill the Judea. That way he doesn't bother you anymore. And he says, that's a great idea. And Haman was so powerful. He snapped his fingers, got workers in and said, go right now and start building those gallows. I want it done now. And they were huge gallows. But he had so much influence that they said, yes, sir, and started building. And this is where we left off that Haman thinks everything is good. He knows that Esther... And her request, when the king said at the banquet, what do you want? She goes, if you really want to grant my request, let me have another banquet tomorrow. And I'll tell you what that prayer request is. And just you and Haman show up. And so the king said, all right, that sounds like a good deal. And so this is where we left it off. Haman has just ordered the building of the gallows. He has just agreed with his family. He's going to go talk to the king. And they're going to go get rid of that Mordecai. So that way he can enjoy the life he has. So if you don't mind, let's pick it up in the book of Esther in chapter number 6. And let's see poor old Haman. And let's see how his life turns out now. Esther chapter number 6. And notice with me in verse number 1. Esther chapter 6 and verse number 1. The word of God says this. On that night could not the king sleep. And he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told Abigthana and Terish, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hand on king, the king Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? And he said, The king's servants that ministered unto him, There is nothing done for him. And the king said, who is in the court? Now Haman was come into the outer court of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's servant said unto him, behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, let him come in. So Haman came in and the king said to him, what shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, To whom would the king delight to honor more than to myself? And Haman answered the king, For the man whom the king delighted to honor, let the royal apparel be brought, which the king useth to wear, and the horse that the king rideth upon, and the crown royal which is set upon his head. And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man with all with the king that delighted to honor, to bring him on horseback through The street of the city, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighteth to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Make haste, and take the apparel and the horse, and do as thou hast said, even so to Mordecai the Jew that sitteth at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. Then took Haman the apparel. And the horse and arrayed Mordecai and brought him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaimed before him. Thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delighted to honor. And Mordecai came again to the king's gate. But Haman hasted to his house mourning and having his head covered. And Haman told Zeresh his wife and all his friends everything that had befallen him. Then said his wise men and Zeresh his wife unto him, If Mordecai be of the seeds of the Jew before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but thou shalt surely fall before him. And while they were yet talking with him, came the king's chamberlains and hasted to bring Haman unto the banquet that Esther had prepared. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Esther, chapter number six? The book of Esther, chapter six, and a phrase that Haman says in verse number six, Esther 6 6, more than to myself. More than to myself. And with the Lord's help, I'd like to preach what Haman said more than to myself. More than to myself. Let's pray if you don't mind. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we approach this book of the Bible, Lord, I know that towards the end I'm definitely going to be preaching to myself and letting these good folks just listen. Lord, I'm asking that you would make it clear and that you would be a help to every single one of us to see how ugly and nasty pride truly is and how much of a limit it is in our own lives, how it could limit us and hold us back and hinder us when actually we think that it's the best thing for us. Lord, I'm asking that you would help us to humble ourselves in the sight of a mighty God, that you would show yourself real, that you would be a help. Lord, I dare not trust my own. Once again, the best I know how, I surrender myself to you and beg and say, I need you, Jesus. Fill me with your precious spirit and that you would get your own work accomplished through your precious Word. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Haman has been having a good day except for that Jew. And so he finally comes up with a master plan. Not only does he have official kill the Jew day, but he's going to get rid of that troublesome thorn in his side by the name of Mordecai. What Haman doesn't know is that there's a God up in heaven who knows what he's doing, and he puts things just at the right time, at the right place. Haman goes off to go see the king. Meanwhile, the king can't sleep. Notice, if you wouldn't mind, the first thing I'd like to show you in this passage is Mordecai's service. Mordecai's service. It says in chapter 6, verse 1, "...on that night could not the king sleep." And he commanded to bring the book of records of the Chronicles, and they were read before the king. So the king did just like what you and I would probably do. You can't sleep, so he says, all right, read me laws, all right? (laughs) Tell me, uh, tell me, just tell me all the stuff that's happening. Maybe just get a boring history book, give me the thing about laws. Maybe if you just read me to sleep, I'll finally fall asleep. And so he's there trying to go to sleep. He can't sleep. Someone's reading to him about laws and different things that have happened in his kingdom. By the way, he's recording an event that happened five years ago. And it's recorded in the book of Esther in chapter number 2. At the end of Esther chapter number 2 and verses 21 through 23, it recalls this story. Um, it does a good summary in chapter 6, but that's where the reference is from. That on that night, he says, you know what? Did we ever reward Mordecai for saving my life? Did we do anything? Has anything ever been done for Mordecai? Then said the king's servants that minister to him, there is nothing done for him. So... Mordecai did it, didn't get rewarded for it. He just was doing his duty. Didn't bring it up. Didn't say, hey, king, remember I saved your life? He didn't ask for any special favors, nothing. He just did what was supposed to have been done. And it got recorded that this is what happened. And nothing happened. So the king wakes up. Isn't it funny that it just so happens that on this night of all nights, the king can't sleep? And of all nights that could have happened, that he happens to have someone read to him the law. And he says, you know, I never did anything to Mordecai. I need to, I need to do something for this guy. You would almost think there's a God in control, wouldn't you? Notice what goes on. Verse number four. And the king said, who is in the court? Now Haman was coming the out court of the king's house. To speak to the king. To hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. Now once again, you'd almost think there's a God in control. So here's Haman. He's walking in. He's walking with his strut. He's a big guy. He's ready to go. He's got a plan. He's going to go ask the king a favor. I'm going to go ask that he kill Mordecai. I'm done with Mordecai. Let's kill him. But on the king's side, he just got through saying, i got to do something to help Mordecai out. i, I got to make sure Mordecai is honored. He says, who's out in the court? Isn't it just a great coincidence that who happened to be out in the court was Haman? Just at the right time, he was there. Now, he had his own purposes, but could you almost think that God had put him there and allowed him to be there just for this right time? Just to see what's going on, that God is in control We see Mordecai's service, and the king wants to do something about it. Now we come to Haman's pride. Not only Mordecai's service, but Haman's pride. Verse number five. And the king's servant said to him, Behold, Haman standeth out in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. Hey, bring Haman in. I got something for him. So Haman came in, and the king said unto him, What shall be done whom the king delighted to honor. Now remember, Haman's having a great day already except for that Mordecai guy. I mean, he's already been asked by Queen Esther to have a special meal with him and he had one last night, him and the king and Esther. That's it. And the next day, they were doing it again, just him and Mordecai or Haman and and Esther, the king all together. He says, "Man, this is great." Now the king says, he wants to talk to Haman and Haman happened to be right there. He shows up and the king starts saying, what shall I do to the man I delighteth to honor? And he says, who, 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 is he talking about other than me? Of course he wants to honor me. I'm the greatest. Doesn't he realize that I deserve it? Even the king recognizes how great I am. You know, you could think in his mind that all of a sudden it went click. And he's saying, hmm. What can I do so everyone knows how great I am? What else can I do so the whole capital knows how great I am? Notice again in verse 6. So Haman came in and the king said unto him, What shall be done to the man whom the king delighteth honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, To whom would the king delight to honor more than to myself? You know, in his mind, he didn't think he had any competition. In his mind, there was no one else who was e- who was even close. The king wouldn't have anybody else in mind other than me. <laughs> so what do I want? How can everyone see how great I am? You can almost see him tilt his head, rub his chin, grin on his face. And he's thinking about all these things going through his mind. Hmm, what would be the greatest day? I had a great day yesterday. What can top that? Hmm. Notice what he thinks of. Verse number seven. And Haman answered the king, For the man, I know it's me, but, you know, for whatever man you're talking about, whom the king delighteth the honor, let the royal apparel be brought in, which the king useth the wear. So he said, First of all, what you need to do. As king, you need to take your own royal clothes, put your royal cape, your royal robe, and you put it around that guy. You let everyone know that the king honors him so much that he's wearing the king's stuff. That he is just as good as the king. Notice this. Let the royal apparel be brought in, which the king useth to wear. And the horse that the king rideth upon. And the crown royal that is set upon his head. He said, "All right, give me the horse, give me the crown, give me the robe. That's for starters. That's almost like someone going up to the president. And the president says, what should I do to someone who, man, I really want to show that is top notch. And someone says, what I need to do is... You need to give me your secret service for the day. You need to give me the title for president for the day. You need to fly me around in Air Force One. And while we're doing that, you need to put on the loudspeaker that this is what happens to the greatest American who's ever lived. Do you see someone doing that? That's what Haman's doing. He's literally saying, all right, you need to see how great I am. This is good. This is good. I get a blank check. What how, What? all things can people say how great I am? He wasn't done yet. Verse number nine. And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array that man with all the king delighted to honor and to bring him on horseback through the st- Street of the city, and proclaim before him, this shall it be done to the man whom the king delighteth to honor. So Haman's thinking, you know, the clothes, the crown, the horse, the transportation. Then what you need is the top official to bring me, I mean, whatever guy, whatever guy it is, but me on the horse. And then go throughout town all day and say, this is what shall be done to the man that the king delighted to honor. Basically, go through the streets and say, here's the greatest guy who ever lived. Here's the greatest guy who ever lived. Hey, hey, here's the greatest guy that ever lived. Hey, have you met the greatest guy that ever lived? Hey, look at this guy. He's great. He's sitting there. Yeah, I could deal with that. I I could deal with someone doing that to me all day.